Welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. I'm your guest, Derek Fronick. And we are your hosts, Parker Dillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 297. Before we begin this episode, I have a quick announcement. If you are currently enrolled in college, we would love to have a chat with you. We have some ideas for future podcast content that you could perhaps help us with. Also, we would love to just get to know our listeners a little bit more. So please send us a hello email at podcast at macrofab.com and we'll get a chat started. So uh, Derek, our guest, is a third-year EE co-op student at Purdue University. He was last on the podcast, episode number 146, where he spoke about his time with the Tech Hounds. Thank you, Derek, for coming on to our podcast. Again. Thank you for having me back on. Good to be here. So uh, today we want to talk a little bit about uh, modern EE education. And uh, I don't know if any of us are experts in that, but Derek is currently going through um, a, a, his coursework to become a, a double E. And uh, Parker and I, gosh, I graduated in 2009. And what year did you graduate, Parker? Is it 2011 in December. Yeah. So we've got about a decade of difference here. So I'm kind of curious to hear about what's going on now in modern EE education and kind of see what's different about when we were there, but also talk about uh, what education is like during COVID. I have a feeling that my anti-math like standing is like going to come to bite me on this episode. <laughs> or, or you never know, it might be more popular, right? Could be. Yeah. Doubtful though. <laughs> that's probably the most unpopular opinion i have on this podcast with our 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 audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah the slack channel didn't i don't think they agreed very much with you on that no they don't <laughs> okay okay derek what is current life like well are we going to jump right into like the difference in covid or how do you want to do this steven well, okay, so let, let's start. Derek, what, do you, what are you even doing right now? It's, uh, it's the fall semester of uh, 21. Uh, so what, what, what classes are you involved in right now? And uh, you're a junior, right? Uh, technically speaking, I'm a junior since, yeah, like you said, I'm doing a co-op. So I'm working every other semester. I'm trading off from doing school. And then I go work uh, semesters worth of time at, um, I work at Ream Manufacturing in their advanced hardware, advanced technology integration department doing hardware work but uh so i'll take five years to graduate so i'm technically a junior but part of the way i'm like a sophomore and a half i guess by credit right now got but it this is my third year so yeah um right now um well for one here at purdue we're all back in person again um i think some other schools may not be but purdue's managed to stay in person for the most part during covid um, so we're back here, you know, football games are on, everyone's doing in-person events again, we're doing things. Um, and for classes, I'm in um, a digital systems design class, so basically, you know, doing digital logic, uh, flip-flops, gate, you know, and or gates, doing all basic Boolean logic stuff. KMAPs. Um, yeah, I actually did KMAP homework oh. this morning. <laughs> 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 yeah, I doing KMAP, but... Um, I love myself some K-maps. Yeah, although uh, the class mostly goes away from doing the traditional um, logic logic design. We just fo mostly focus on Verilog now. 
Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so we're doing Verilog on Ice 40s. Um, so pretty, um, they changed it in like the last two years to do um, Ice 40s and Verilog, and they have everything set up, so they have their own development kit system they designed. Um, and uh, we run, they made a simulator that runs on the Purdue servers, so you just log into the simulator to run your code, and you can simulate it um, from anywhere. And then in the lab, they actually have the real Ice 40 dev kits that you can uh, you can deploy code onto and do uh, do real testing. But it's the same thing as the simulator since it's Verilog. Um, and then what else? I'm in a Python for data science course. Uh, so it's mm. basically a statistics class mixed with a Python course. So you do all your statistics work in Python. Um, so I've, I've been enjoying it because I don't really have much of a, I haven't taken many statistics classes. So mixing it with Python, you know, kind of keeps me interested a little bit more. Um, that actually sounds like it kind of aligns with Parker's math ideas there, right? Yeah, it's mixing. It's uh, it's making it practical applications. Um, I like that a lot. <laughs> I know that's that's really cool. Actually, no, speak speak more about that. Like, what 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 specifics are you doing in that? Like ingesting data sh- sets and then doing something to them? Yeah. So like, I was working on the homework for that class this morning. Um, so basically, like, what I was doing right now was I was doing um, some. Uh, data ingest of like it was like a sample two sample sets they were like a couple hundred to thousands of uh, data points and then you do like some uh, you do some hypothesis we were doing hypothesis testing so it'd be like find the uh, find the mean the standard error and the variance of the sample set and then do like a z test um, and then you can create a p-value from the from the uh, from the z test uh, and then uh, with the one I was doing, it was uh, you take two, you take the two data sets, and you do a two sample z z z score calculation. So, actual yeah, statistics stuff. But then it was all written in Python uh, using like NumPy and like SciPy libraries for doing like the normal distribution. Uh, See, that's stuff that engineers, at least my experience is most of the engineers I talk to that's stuff they do almost all the time yeah no it really um, I've been actually really enjoying the class format with that um, the professor they're really good at um, keeping us uh, kind of relevant because like every homework and everything always has like a here's a how you do this in real life or here's a like a little blurb like a paragraph about why this matters um, to keep you kind of focused on what you're doing so it's been it's been a very that, that class has been very positive um, Maybe the last exam didn't was interesting, but the class itself has been really nice. Um, <laughs> are are you already uh, at your midterm exams? For uh, I'm. I had my last, f- my last set of first midterms. So I've had a midterm in every class. Um, like last night, I had my linear, um, my linear midterm, so linear algebra, uh, midterm. So. So that's another class you end up using a lot. Yeah. That people don't. Like when you're taking that, because you you take like one linear algebra class. At least I did. I I was only they only let us. I guess let us is not the right term, but there was only one in our curriculum. Exactly. I guess technically you can take more, right? But um, you don't take one, and you think this is the thing. You how much you take? You take like four calculus classes and then one linear algebra class. I use linear algebra like every single day of my life. Yeah, as I'm sitting here learning. <laughs> yeah, as I'm learning the class, I'm like. This is my very last math course I have to take in my like core in my core requirements for my engineering major, um, and now everything like I, I really would have liked this 
five years ago, honestly, um, in the way it just simplifies doing and algebra. Yeah. And doing everything. everything. Yeah. It just makes it easier. Um, cause I took, it was, I kind of did it backwards cause last spring I took my Diffie differential equations course, um, which is technically the course number after linear, but, uh, I had to take it as a co-rec with my, um, EC fundamentals two course. Cause you need, you're doing four AAs here, you know, um, well, plus transform. So you need Diffie Q to, uh, make that happen. So, um, it was- that's interesting. That same, same scenario happened to me. I ended up, I took Diffie Q before I took linear and it was for a, I had a course requirement that I had to take differential equations my semester before. Yeah, so I kind of yeah, had uh, I had to force teach myself the uh, the basics of uh, linear algebra because by the time we got to the end of the or midway through the course, it was like you all remember this from uh, from linear algebra, right? Yeah, uh, I, I remember uh, that happened. That no, so that was that happened like halfway through it. Mine was like the first week. Oh, of my, like high cl- my differential equation <laughs> class. I'm like. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, it's like you just open up and like you all, everyone remembers how to calculate the eigenvector, right? Cool. Yeah, my, I was like, <laughs> like I was what? like my eyes rolled back in my head. Yeah, um, and I, I had to go to the TA and like I did not take linear algebra for this, and they were like, "Oh no, good luck, <laughs> have fun." No, I, I got like a crash course in like two weeks and did okay in my differential equation. That actually might be why I don't like differential equations so much. I, it ended up being okay because my course limited the complexity of the matrices. Um, so it was basically just two by twos and three by threes max in that, in the DFQ course. Cause they kind of were just wrestling that after that point in time, it becomes kind of pointless. Like, you know, the fundamentals of how to do it at that point. So you don't know, no need to make it any larger. It just, you can't have that in an exam. You don't have enough time to do anything larger. Check this out at, at A&M. You take both those classes at the same time, so you're like you bounce between things in between the two classes. Even though they're separate, they have them kind of aligned, and they don't necessarily call it linear algebra. I don't know why they did this. I Texas A&M tries to make everything sound more engineering for the engineers. So like they marketing. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure they don't even call them calculus anymore. Even though you're just taking calculus, they call it engineering mathematics, which. I don't know how I feel about that, but, uh, and they didn't do that when I was there. I I took legit calculus, but, uh, when, when you take differential equations, you also take the other math class, which is topics and applied mathematics is what it was called. It makes it just sound more like, Hmm, you know, more professional in a way. Like you gotta wear a tie. Yeah. You gotta, (laughs) it sounds like they're trying to market the class as a startup or something. They gotta make everything sound, they gotta make everything sound fancy. It is nice, though. It is nice to do both of those at the same time. But they were separate course numbers simultaneously. Like, 100% separate, yeah. Okay. Because they Purdue here, they offer um, a linear Diffie Q simul. Like, it's one course that's linear and Diffie Q. Oh, that's beefy. Um, yeah. So I don't know how they teach that. I, I didn't take the course. I did the generic way, I guess. You know, work your way through calculus. And then I guess I did technically backwards with the linear and Diffie Q thing. But yeah. So. Um, well, we already covered the linear part of what I'm taking this semester, and then I'm taking a history course as a gen ed. Uh, so, but that's, that's been enjoyable. Which, which kind of history? Uh, history of World War II. Ooh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I always wanted to take, cool. um, I wanted to take that when I was in college. I ended up having to, uh, what did I end up taking? 
Oh, I took um, U.S. Chinese relationships Ooh. as a history oh, class. That's okay. Neat. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, guess I wanted the, I wanted history world war too, but it was impossible to get in that class. Yeah, yeah everyone. Here, this is the to. third try. Uh, I had to get into the. This is the third try I got. I attempted to get into this course because it always fills up. I'm a huge history buff, so it's been really fun. Although mm. I haven't learned much, unfortunately. <laughs> I walked into the class and every lecture is. Yeah, I, I'd heard most of it, but it's been fun. <laughs> I mean, they keep it generic, you know, for introductory level. I mean, it's a yeah. 300 level course, but you could, you can't go into super in-depth topics. But it's been it's been a fun course. Plus, it's how I think a gen ed should be is it has basically no work requirements. You just at least for me, I just you go to the lecture and then there's three exams that are multiple choice is, is questions. There reading. Uh, um, like it's all, he pre, he posts videos and extra readings, but none of them are, nothing's required. Um, I mean, oh. I go through and read them cause they're interesting. I've actually, that's actually been the most fun is than the, than the readings. Plus, um, the professor is a really great lecturer. You know, he tells a good story. So that's always been fun, but yeah, that was actually the reason I had to take that anthropology course last spring is cause I, couldn't get into this history course, but that was actually real, way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, mm. It was uh, it was over basically what was it over um, technology and culture. So how like engineering design decisions basically in, you know have a broader impact than you would think on uh, on society. Uh, so it, it kind of makes you think on, you know, it may seem kind of trivial, but does my board layout impact the future of humanity? Um, <laughs> but no, that's, that's it, I mean, those kind of things, those kind of things, like they were, uh, they were, she made a reference in like uh, COVID uh, times, how like, uh, um, how things can be biased towards um, uh, different um, test sets, because like, uh, one example she gave was uh, the hand sanitizer dispensers, you know, the, the wireless, the infrared ones that do the, uh, the dispense it when you put your hand underneath it. Um, how people of, because uh, uh, they only did testing on a certain set of people, the, the uh, people of color, their hands weren't as easily detected by the sensor uh, hmm. because the darker skin tone made it harder for the sensor to detect. So just kind of biases you don't think about that can have a really large impact on, uh, on how kind of life works. So that was that was a fun course, but so on on that topic with you took antho what was it anthropology of engineering or something it was, like that? What was uh, it was anthropology twenty one hundred technology and culture? That's what it was called. I um did is that so in my coursework we had to take philosophy classes. Is that would be something or is that just a normal like just generic not not generic but you know a uh, Extracurricular, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was just a gen ed. I, it was okay. it, we have it was we have cultural requirements, not necessarily like psychology or what, it, or specifically is that, but it was like you have a humanities uh, gen ed requirement okay. um, that you have to do, and you know pick from list of yeah several huge list. yeah massive list of um, acceptable courses. Uh, so. Yeah, we had because that's that's what we had then. It was basically. So gen ed is gen is that general education is what yes, I'm assuming yeah. short for general education yeah yeah is yeah we end. had to pick a so basically something from the philosophy uh, college is okay. basically we had to take so we, I think we had to take two of them two 100 level courses um 
which were actually interesting. Like I, I, I was like a freshman at the time, my first one. I'm like, I don't need to take this. This is I'm not an engineer. <laughs> and at, coming out of that, I'm like, that was actually a really fun course to, um, to do. It's always the random courses you never think about that end up being the ones that you know really, really kind of stick with you. And uh, yeah, Diffy Q doesn't <laughs> stick. It's those other <laughs> no, ones. It doesn't. <laughs> In one year, so, out the. <laughs> Um, let's keep going with what you're yeah, currently yeah, yeah. doing. Um, what I'm currently doing? Uh, I think, well, that was technically... Well, that, that's, that's it all for this courses. semester, oh, right? Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. all the, that's all the courses I'm taking currently. Well, there's a seminar course, but that's um, that's just a one-credit hour uh, mandate. Like just go and sit and listen. Yeah, go and sit. Although they kind of make us do more writing a little bit. Um, we have to do like discussion posts about... Um, different kind of more humanity style, um, like giving feedback. And uh, uh, they were doing like job interviewing um, stuff. Uh, and then we have to do like some cultural requirements. Uh, I, you had to like get, you have to get like a part, you get with a partner and you have to find something different about the, your partner versus you. And then that partner has to take you to some event and uh, you have to do a thing and then do a write up and then you have to trade places and you take him to something. Um, that sounds a lot of fun. Of. And this sounds like a lot of fun. Also, sounds like a lot of work for a that one is a, hour. Yeah, it would be a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's when it's not forced upon you. It's a lot of fun. But then you kind of get into that. You have to you know scramble to find a random person, and it gets kind of. It, it'll be interesting, but yeah, uh, just kind of it's different um, more so than some of the seminar courses. Um, the one last semester. You have to take three. It's like sophomore seminar, junior seminar, and senior seminar, um, and they just all have kind of different um, extra. I guess their point is real life um, applications. Maybe like here's how to interact with people, communication skills. Um, but not, but not just that. Like you have to write down your experience, I really which like is that. different than a real like. You're not going to go and like meet someone at a bus stop and then go home and write a paper about it. Right. Um, well, I guess <laughs> maybe I should rephrase. The meeting someone is someone in the class. Yeah, I, I understand that. But okay. I'm saying is what you said there was they're trying to teach you to be a sociable human being. Right, yeah, essentially. Um, but forcing a paper out of it is kind of a weird way to do it. Yeah. Well, but, but, but they're also, they're also, there's a little bit of analytics in there like being able to sit down and ask the right questions and converse with somebody and, and pull apart the differences and then identify make, how to, um, how to make something out of that and then write about the entire situation. That's big. It would actually make you a better interviewer. That class would. That's That was exactly what was going through my mind. Actually, as well. we did do interview practice and creating interview questions in that class. Oh my okay, well, I could already tell that your school was a lot different than my school. Yeah, wait. <laughs> it's about, it feels so, because Steven and I have talked about our college experience a lot. And it sounds like my school is like in between Steven's and Derek's in terms of what we did. Right. Um, so it's. And I, that's definitely not like, you know, I was I graduated two years after Stephen, but it wasn't like like I was on the old plans, um, not plan. What do you call curriculum? I was on the old curric style curriculum. Um, right. They probably made some like transition after. Yeah, I, I was. Curriculum. I was the last um, 
year to do my particular track and then they dissolved it and they they turned it into something entirely new yeah, yeah. i think 2016 purdue did something like that um i always see something in like the graduation requirements about students after 2016 have to follow this track versus before and then i guess if we're still going on that the couple was it the 21st of september we had to you had to attend a story a stories of success speaker uh zoom meeting at like sometime at night um, with a former alumni or a, an alumni um, talking about their, um, you know, real world success story, which was kind of interesting. Um, so, so that's interesting. We did that. We did. It was never required, but um, some of my clubs had that, I guess. Okay. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this is for the course and, and you yeah, had a great associate with yeah. it, but the, the, the story was interesting. Um, the, the guy had some very interesting um, experiences in, you know, early 2000s web um, development and uh, large, large data, you know, multi-user um, web experiences. So it was, it was certainly interesting. Um, Talk more about the seminar course than I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's always, um, it's always the weird stuff. That, yeah, it's, that it's always the weird stuff. More. Yeah, I, well, it's just what sticks with you and what what because that's so you because that's what your brain keys off of is the routine doesn't stick with you because you it's it's you know it's your habit you're programmed to do your routine so it's the stuff that's out of your routine is what sticks in your frontal lobe right yeah it's the the unique things actually i just kind of thought about this so in the way we do everything now um you know in the i guess quote unquote modern like inner more internet connected um where everyone has a phone and all that um do the way we enter we have every class is a web page right and all the assignments are posted there and all assignments are turned in via there i'm assuming that wasn't the case back when you guys were it, in college or maybe that was just starting to happen it depended on the class right and so at ut university of texas we had blackboard and <laughs> we just, we just got rid of blackboard a year two, right as <laughs> yeah, COVID so we had blackboard but only it was optional okay for, the, for professors to use right. or not so some professors use it some professors didn't and some professors had their own like basically an HTML website, right? Um, which were the best because you could just find the information right away. It wasn't like having to go through eight levels of clicking in yes. Blackboard to find stuff. Ex yeah, that is. <laughs> you, um, you know, so so we had that too, and uh, some of our professors were really bad at taking off old information. So you could wayback machine and see old exams and, uh, and oh, study yeah. on previous stuff because they, they would literally just post it and then take the links down at the end of the semester. And it's yeah, like, and, it, Come and, on, still be sitting, <laughs> and it would still be sitting in their FTP server too. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if you knew how the file structure worked, you can you can get the uh, old exams. So, so nobody, nobody had smartphones uh, when I was going to school. So it was like if you had to access something, you had to get on a computer somewhere. Right. Uh, so, oh, I, I shouldn't say that. We all had phones that were capable of accessing things. Yeah, yes. you just but, wouldn't uh, want to. But, yeah, you wouldn't want to. It'd be awful experience. Uh, yeah, and so uh, it was very kind of like the beginning of that. I still had plenty of uh, professors who would walk around and like put homework assignments on your desk. You know. Yeah. Okay. I had I had that. Uh, yeah, or you turn in your homework assignment when you walked in. Oh, that um, was almost all my classes. Yeah, almost all the classes. Like most of the time, homework. If it was on Blackboard, it was because really the professor didn't really care 
about the homework because it was like multiple choice and it was like something you do in like 10 right. minutes. Yeah. Um, but back to the smartphone thing, which is very interesting because um, in just two years, Stephen, smartphones were a thing. When yeah. I was graduating, pretty much everyone had an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the weird person and I had a BlackBerry in 2010, I think is when I got that BlackBerry. Before then, I had Nokia brick phone, which yeah. like everyone had. Um, but yeah, it was just not a... Th- yeah, you had to go find a computer to right. do anything. Right. You know, like, I wouldn't have ever thought of looking at a PDF on my phone because it was just a, such a terrible experience on my old phone yes. then, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely... I don't prefer to do any work on my phone, but, um, you know, to pull up stuff. Um, on but you could. Plans. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I mean, I do. I do. I definitely pull up work on my phone like i'll be in class and we'll be doing something um and i'll pull up some notes that the professor posted or you know some kind of review or something or i mean even to get on to log into anything you have to use your phone because it has two-factor authentication so everything you Mm. log into for school is all two-factor um which is great until you're you don't have a phone because like Last week, my girlfriend dropped her phone and the touchscreen broke, so you couldn't use the two-factor. Uh, <laughs> um, they they give out hardware keys, so it ended up being okay. But yeah, the the I guess the downside of when the technology fails is you have to find a backup pretty quickly. Um, yeah, because back then I actually lost my phone in a lake once, and I was like, eh, oh well, it was a phone. Right. Yeah. Right. I right. then. A couple weeks ago, my touchscreen on my phone stopped working, and I immediately had to go out and get it repaired because of 2FA. <laughs> yeah, 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 precisely. Yeah, it was, a, it was a whole week ordeal to get it all fixed because the, the U-brake I fixed changed yes. their hours the same day we called them. So the next day when I had an appointment at 10 in the morning, the day I, the day I came in at 10 in the morning, they changed their hours to starting at noon randomly. Yeah. So it's like, oh, and then it's like, also, we're not open on Mondays now and oh, we don't have thanks. the, and we don't have the phone screen we said we did. So we'll have to order it. So it'll have to be Monday. Wait, no, sorry. Tuesday. Uh, and then, uh, it was a whole, yeah, it was a whole rigmarole. So <laughs> don't drop your phone, put it in the big, turn the slim technology piece of technology they decided to make as pretty as possible, shove it in the biggest plastic box you can find. <laughs> so if you drop it, it doesn't break. Um, so uh, where were we? So, so I, I remember uh, 2006, I was taking uh, my first chemistry class and my second physics class. My first physics class, all homework done on paper. Second physics class was like a, a, a portal, uh, but it was sort of like the genesis of these online portals. And so everything was horrendous. Like it was just, it was unbelievably slow. Uh, you'd click a button and you're like, did it accept my answer? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, it was absolutely horrible. And I, I remember um, the chemistry one. I, I don't think they audited it. I really don't think they did. I think because it was, so it was chemistry for the entire campus. And there was 45,000 people on my campus and a good chunk of the majors required chemistry. So, you know, on any, any given semester, 300 they had many class. thousands of people taking this. Yeah. And I swear they didn't audit it because I would log in and it would be like, you have 620, uh, you know, homework problems to do. And I'm like, did, is this, is this correct? And, and it was, it was just not possible to even do the homework. You would literally do nothing but chemistry every day, all day. And I think a lot of us got bad grades because they just, 
screwed up and 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 you know like they probably had some behind the scenes right. portal thing where it's like how many questions do you want to ask if somebody slipped an extra zero in there somewhere uh it was it was awful um yeah, I, I I gotta imagine that they've they've kind of worked out a lot of bugs today. Yeah, there's still plenty of bugs, but for the most part, the actual assignment handling um, is pretty well done. I mean, <clears throat> I'd say most of my I use Brightspace now. They just transitioned from Blackboard, um, like summer that COVID happened a year year ago, I guess. Year, a little more than a year ago, um, and then so everything assignments are on there. Usually grades they use. Um, Grade scope is another thing they use is where like if you have like a written like usually it's a lot of times for like written assignments that you need to turn in like a scan like a scanned PDF um, and then they'd be able to annotate and put it, you know, give feedback on the answers, um, you know, comment on things. Uh, and um, what was the other? Oh, like my classes actually two two of my classes right now, they have their own websites. So they just have like a, a bright space page that exists and then it just links to their website. Um, so one of them's like the two, the digital logic class does all the assignments and homework. They make it in, uh, they do all the labs and all the automation stuff in the website. Um, so it'll do all your grading and you do your homework in the website. You turn in your labs in the website. Um, and then they have all like the lab queuing systems in the website. So when you're in the lab and you need to get a TA to check off something, you have their little queue system. You click my lab station needs help and it'll go up on the big board or uh, the big TV screens in the room and it'll be lab station 30 needs assistance and then they'll walk over uh, wow. and check it's it out. It's all fancy yeah. now. Yeah, no, the, the, the 270, did I, did I mention the auto lab in the 270 course? I don't think I, I don't think we got there. Auto um, lab. That sounds yeah, yeah. Great. So this, the, right, I said this is the digital logic class. So it's you know either uh, it's kind of it's transitioning more to completely Verilog because the scope of the uh, of assignments are getting bigger. But you still do a fair bit of breadboard, um, you know, using a, like a, a decoder chip to do like a seven segment display. Um, you know, do a binary to a seven segment display or something like that. Um, so if you're doing the actual physical hardware, um, every, all the double E classes so far, they, the main piece of test equipment is the analog discovery two. That's the, uh, that is the, the piece of kit that everyone has to have, um, which I really like cause it's, you know, pretty much a lab in a box kind of deal. So you can just throw it in your bag. Um, I got it before coming to college, but, um, it was convenient <laughs> that I already had it. Uh, but the way they do it is if you, you do your circuit, um, you do your circuit, complete, uh, build your circuit, test it. And then when you want to get graded on completing that task, um, they'll give you a, they have an auto lab tool, which is basically just, uh, um, a, a piece of software they wrote that connects, uses the analog discoveries API, um, to interface with the piece of hardware. Um, and then, uh, it will connect to it and then you hook up your, the logic analyzer, um, in this case, to your circuit, you know, connect the inputs to these channels and the outputs to these channels. Um, and then you just hit go and it'll run through the sequence of tests um, that your circuit needs to complete. And then it'll give you a pass fail on what you missed or what you got all right. And then it gives you like um, some kind of encrypted completion code that you submit to the, the lab. And so, Derek, you'll love this. Yeah. As, as in 2010, um, for that class, for what we had to do is turn in because I'm assuming what it was doing is it was recording the waveforms and sending that up. Um, so yeah, for us, is we had like 
I think at that point, 15 year old mixed mixed signal uh, scopes in our lab, mm-hmm. and uh, you would you would capture your frame of of everything you need to be graded, right? And you would print it off on the dot matrix. I love that. Because that way you could turn in a piece the of the whole waveform on one piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is beautiful. And so you know it's like a fifty year old dot matrix in the, sitting there in the corner of the lab and its only purpose was to print off these waveforms. That that is awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, we have a dot matrix printer over the other side of this room here that we love printing out stuff on. Um, oh, I love my uh with the track. I, ha- I had a dot matrix in college too, because it was the cheapest way to print stuff out. Yeah, and you can get the you can get the tractor feed in bulk. Um, yep. uh, wow, I totally just train of thought. Um, That's super cool though that that they connect to your little discovery and grade you that way. Yeah, you yeah, get that's a, yeah. a really cool idea. And then the way they do it, since um, they can give it a completion code and they can format, however, each of the logic like the actual assignment the way if depending on whatever you know if you're implementing a function a logic function um they made it individual to the student so um you each student since you have you log into the homework website so you you log into the lab and you just sign in so it knows who you are um, when you're doing the work so it'll give you whatever individual function you have and then the completion code you, you in the auto lab thing you type in your username and that you know, checks, it gives the, prog- it checks the uh, right function for the AD2. Uh, so that way each student can't look over the other one um, because each That's person cool. has a different, a different function they need to implement. Um, Do they so, just say like, hey, connect channel X to your output? Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it's like, uh, you, you know, WXYZ is your input, connect mm-hmm. channel 1, 2, 3, 4, or 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3 to WXYZ, and then, you know, connect the output to F. Oh, or, this thing is also putting the stimulus in as well. Yes, and the power. Oh, that's cool. It controls so you can't fudge it'll, anything. It has no, to be right. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll it it be it is the buttons and it is the checking the output and uh, since they control the power the power supply in the thing, they'll turn it on and then they'll shut okay. it off when they're done. I, okay, I've got a story about this, um, and and I will preface this by saying we did the work. Everything we did was was proper, but I had I had a lab partner for um, one of my labs once. I don't remember which one it was. But uh, we, we uh, the, the class was not particularly difficult. And it was annoying because we had um, a, one TA for like 10 gr- pairs of, of people. And every single uh, pair of, of, of people had to build something on a breadboard in the lab. And every step of the way, you had to have the TA come over, and they would approve when you're done with each step. And so some of our labs were like five or six steps, and and you'd have to wait and, you know, like, hey, we're ready for this step. And these labs would be three or four hours long when they could be like one hour, right? Um, so, so get this. We got we we built this entire circuit, and then at the the very last step, it was like, okay, add this chunk to do this extra thing. We did that, we checked it, and we knew 100% it worked, and I was just like, you know what, I want to see if we can get away with this. So I deactivated a whole bunch of the rest of the circuit, and I just plugged a function generator into the output. 
just so that the the TA all they would see is the output of the function generator, and the TA come out came over. He's like, "Looks great, guys. That's exactly what I was looking for." And it was literally just a function generator plugged into this <laughs> the scope, <laughs> and I just tuned it to get whatever the the output was supposed to supposed be. to be. Yeah, and he was just like, "Yep, great. You guys pass." I'm like, oh, "Steven, that on, sounds really. something like I would have done too." <laughs> I mean, like, I made sure we actually did the work and, like, we knew what we were doing. Right. So, like, it's yeah, not you're just cheating. It was more happen. just to see, like, I wanted to see if the TA would, would check. He looked at the breadboard and there was crap on the breadboard. And he looked at the scope and there was the signal he wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, actually, we do have scopes. We do have regular, like, Keysight, MSO. It's the larger four channel scope with the. Um, it has the logic analog. Oh, it's, it's the M2, so it's mixed signal. That's those yeah. are good scopes. No, they're really yeah. nice scopes. Um, and they're hooked up. They also got. I think they must have got a deal with Keysight because everything in the labs Keysight stuff. Um, they probably had some education package, but mm. uh, they have it hooked up so everything's um, plugged in with the um, the Ethernet control for all the stuff. So you can the Lab, lab you each. In. Yeah, the each of the lab stations has a computer, and then that's hooked up to the scope. So then you can pull you can pull data from the scope directly, and then you can put that into the some of the lab reports. Especially early on, at least in this class, we were um, you know doing like propagation delay measurements for the for like an AND gate. Um, so you'd need the you'd need the larger scope that has the higher bandwidth to be able to actually pull that kind of stuff out. Um, so that's yeah, cool. it, it's, they've done a lot to integrate the class. Um, into something pretty efficient. It's, so what's interesting is it sounds like as Derek is progressing through his classes, stuff is getting more and more automated and integrated. Whereas my experience was the exact opposite. Like my freshman year, a lot of stuff was in Blackboard, online, automated stuff. And as I was getting to my senior level classes, it became more of writing stuff on paper and turning it in. Hundred um, percent. I think it was because those professors, uh, my senior year, like half my classes were, half the class was graduate students. Right. Um, and so those professors are never going to change what they're doing unless right. they're forced to. And they don't have the amount of students they have to push through. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. what it is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The uh, are you going to spend a lot of time building up an automated system for 9 people or right. you, or you know just versus a 5000 in your first paper. class? Yeah. yeah. Um, my my chemistry one uh it was because because it was everyone you know has to take chemistry absolutely at least, that, at least that first one that it was like an auditorium yes we yeah. filled an entire we filled the every chem exam we fill all three balconies of the auditorium because my class had 2700 people in my chem class freshman year mm. wait that's took, one class that was one class <laughs> like it's just the lectures were like 500 people a piece, so they broke it up. Okay, the, yeah, because mine was about 350. The exams were all sections of the at once, so it was every floor of the auditorium filled. So it was like 3,000 people or 20, you know, Jeez. something like that. Well, I mean, obviously it's an exam, so you had to space people out. So it wasn't like pat, you know, still though, back to back. Um, but it was, yeah, it's a, it's a weird experience going, um, you know, spending your whole day and then going to an eight thirty exam in the auditorium with 3000 other people. Um, and you know, like 30% of those people are going to fail. Yeah, no, it definitely, yeah, depending on the exam, are gonna quit because it, of that exam, 
It has the odd oh. feeling of like lambs to a slaughter. Everyone's just kind of, <laughs> everyone's kind of, you know, we're just all packed together, being funneled into the, funneled into the, into the auditorium. Uh, the, it's, the real it's fun part is when you're leaving the exam, and when you see some people are like, "Oh yeah, that was great," and then some yeah, people then are the like, other people "Oh my just, god." It my life terrible. is over. <laughs> I, I kind of make a every time, anytime I do exam, I walk out and I just leave, and I don't want even, I don't want to think about it. And I'll, I'll just head case myself into a into a box. Did I do this right? Did I do that wrong? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I do what Derek. Oh, I did what Derek does is is I leave the exam and like because you know some people that would hang out. Yeah, and I talk about. It. I'm like, nope. I'm going home and going to take a nap. Or, or sometimes I gotta go to my next exam. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's oh shoot, it's ten thirty. I'm going to bed now. Um, yeah. Because yeah. those some I had I had nine o'clock start exams freshman year, which was kind of rough. Um, but uh, what else? Um, nine p.m. Oh, yeah, nine p.m. Start. Start. Oh. We, we had a few of those as well. I mean, it's really hard when you have you know yeah. a few thousands. And you got to take the auditorium. Yeah. That you, your only option is the the big auditorium because you have that many people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I, I actually I, I should mention with the whole um, the whole uh, auto lab thing that was always a result of COVID. That it didn't that didn't exist before COVID, and then they had to go online with the labs, so they had to figure something out. Wow. So that's so really cool, the, the and whole, that's a good segue, segue into to COVID, talk into yeah, uh, yeah what uh, how how's COVID affecting things. So there's an example, <laughs> um, but a uh, big thing would be um, at least they stopped it this semester since we're back in person. So, but it, obviously during COVID, when we were we were still in person, but you could, if you chose to, you could do remote, and then everything was designed to be remote classes. So like all your majority of your lectures were zoom you know zoom meetings basically or or recordings um and then your recitations were zoom meetings and i had like one or two classes where um the lectures were in person but it was like the big lecture hall and there were 30 people in there um so it was very heavily spaced out um some exams were um still in person on paper um but doing online exams was a whole um, you had to do, you had to download the lockdown browser, um, which was like, a, a a web browser that would only let you have one screen open and only let you open certain things. And it would it, basically a root kit, but, um, it would disable, <laughs> it would disable you pretty much let, every, you had to let them control your computer. Yes. You had to give them oh. complete control of your computer. Um, oh. yeah, no, it hurt. Um, I, I'd, ha- I'd have to buy it. My, it, that. It would have to be its own computer. I have a yeah fifty dollar um, appliance I use uh, when <laughs> <laughs> when that happens. But um, yeah, so that was that was definitely a COVID thing. Um, was the lockdown browser exams? Um, what else COVID? Uh, <laughs> because you don't have multiple computers or phones or anything else you could use, right? Yeah, and then obviously everything, you know, since you're sitting in your room taking exam by yourself, you had to have a webcam um, so they could monitor. Um, oh, wow. So it, okay. Either uh, some classes did it where they didn't use the lockdown browser and you had like a Zoom meeting and someone was like watching your camera. But other ones used the lockdown browser and it would like it would record you um, and then it would also do some kind of vision processing to like watch your eyes and see where like are you looking not on the page kind of deal. Um, that is would... so. We went from like the 
awesome thing that came yeah, out of this to, to like dystopian thing. to Big Brother testing yes, dystopian to Big Brother University. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know they they were going that hardcore. Uh, yeah, I mean they it, it evolved. Um, obviously, uh, um, when it first started, everything no one knew how to do anything, so there'd be like quizzes on Brightspace or exams on Brightspace or something, and then it would be a lot of there was a lot of honor system because they didn't have better options, and then as things moved along, they found quote unquote better solutions. Um, better solutions are just make your exam open book, so it doesn't really matter. Surprise! I really w I had some classes do that. Um, others just buckled down on some professors browsers. do not like that at all. They they don't like the idea. I think it makes it harder for them because then they have to make it more free, open response, and yep. more effort on grading. Other than I can run it through a scantron. Um, no, that's but, 100 what it is. yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely is. Um, that's why, like my calculus, calc one through calc three, um, all multiple choice exams, and then you get once you get the diffie Q and linear, you kind of the requirement, the amount of people required to take the course drops. Um, so the like my diffie Q exams, half the exam was free response, and the other half was multiple choice. So. Hmm. Since they have less people going through, they had the time to grade, and um, things got a lot better because you could miss the end result, but you could show ninety percent of the work and yeah. get that much credit back. Wow, that's, that's, that's crazy! Is, I've never had a multiple choice uh, mathematics exam. It was yeah, hundred percent yeah. all open. All my math classes were were open question. Huh? I I, I envy that. <laughs> um, I had a lot of multiple choice physics class. Uh, yeah, a lot and, of multiple choice physics. And I had I had some professors that were 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 frankly jackasses about it, where they'd give four answers and all, and they would be like ninety nine point four, ninety nine point five, ninety nine point six, and so they would they would test you like you'd and have and to get you'd have to get in the right place, but and you'd also have to above, use significant yeah. figures and you'd have to um, round properly to get their answer. That's uh, rough. I yeah, I was just like, come on, guys. <laughs> I had a multiple choice exam uh, a couple weeks ago where three of the answers were actually none of the above. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh, they did that. That's mean. They did that's that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was terrible. But, um, yeah, the multiple choice exams. Um, I guess I've noticed they've been going away as my class size gets smaller. I mean, again, with like with calculus, it's kind of the same thing as the chemistry, the general chemistry, where you have – you know, a couple thousand people, you got to pump through the class. So, um, doing, uh, multiple choice is the kind of the only way that makes sense, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, Stephen, you went to a large school, so I don't know. I mean, it's just priorities, I guess. I, you it's, know, they, they lumped all math students together. It didn't matter if you're a math major, engineer, whatever. It was all math. And when it came to the exams, the entire math department would get together and they would write the exam together. And they just had armies of TAs that would write. Right, yep. okay. No, that's so how, just that's how my school was. Yeah. Just grade, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when I went to my calculus class or any of my math classes, it was with other, like half your class or more, more than half the class is just actual like mathematics students or it's or from other colleges. Um, like there would be like one other, like electrical engineer in there, or actually when I was taking those, I was actually a petroleum engineer at the time. So there'd be like two petroleum engineers and then like this 40 other people in that class. And, uh, yeah, it's the same way though. It's like the entire department has written that, you know, math, what M like three fourteen L, which yeah. is like one of the 
it's the math classes. departments course. It's not the double. It's not the double E's math yeah. um, class. Right. Uh, and right. so that's even how though they, they call get it a that. different name. Yeah. It was all the same. Also, uh, you know, they graded pretty binary. Like your work yeah. didn't. Your work was there to for you, not for yeah. them. It was. You know? It was there. Yeah. It was not to dis, to give you partial credit. It was. Did you get the end result? So ours was. Uh, when you were doing those, there's like certain like milestones when you're working through a pro a, a those problems, and they would check those milestones. Okay, so at least you had some. So if you got like ninety way percent way through it, and then you just fudged a number on your calculator at the end, to right? One two plus, plus to two minus is five. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, you would get ninety percent of the credit still. Yeah. So you, you instead of Lucky. I circled the wrong answer in the multiple choice and sorry, there goes to half your grade. Um, yeah, half your grade. Oh, I I did have a multiple choice test that had three questions on it. Oh, what class yeah. was that? It wasn't chemistry. I don't think it was any of the. What was that class? It was one of my what you would call a general education class. Right. I can't remember what it was though. I just remember that just sticks out of my head. Because it was just three like, questions, yeah. Yeah, and it was that test was 40% of our grade. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's brutal. Yeah. yeah, I had a class last semester um, that the, that? I think it was my, yeah, it was my fundamentals, EC fundamentals course, where the, the course was, um, uh, the it was three exams and a final, and that was the course. Um, no homework or anything that was graded. And then each exam was only 10 questions. Uh and each question had, you know, 10 multiple choice options and a none of the above. And then that uh, was the course. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, it was I a know, natural sciences later. class. I can't remember which one. It might have been geology. No, it was weather. Weather. It was like weather pattern. Some weather class I was choice? taking. It was some kind of weather t class I was taking. I can't remember. <sighs> which of these options? Man, is what class? was it? It was weird. It was a weird because they're like it was like engineering, weather, or climate. I should say it was actually very similar to Derek's class on um, when he was talking about how like engineering affects oh, like the society. Course. Yeah, but it was not that. It was just like like the climate and uh, but also it, a little bit like that too. Man, I completely forgot about that class until now because that's the only thing I remember was that. Oh my god, that test. I got all three right, thankfully, but <laughs> wow. I just can't believe that was a was a test that yeah. was like that. I had classes last semester give up exams during COVID. They just didn't have exams and they everything was homework. Um they all the grades were homework. Um because they didn't uh they didn't want to do exams during COVID. It was uh my advanced C course, so you just oh, well, that in, makes sense. Yeah, that that makes a little more sense. You'd turn yeah. in, here's a C project and do it. And it, they were they were I love that course because I hate I hate getting stressed for exams, but I will tackle, you know, give me a problem. I'll do anything I can to solve it. But I hate the dread of going to exam and not being able to, like, prepare um, and, you know, actually be able to work the problem to solution. I just had to, you know, show up with the best I got and see what happens. I don't mm -hmm. know. That just kind of 
I don't like, I don't like doing it that way. I like to be able, here's a problem and I'm just going to work my way through it and take as much time as I need to just find solutions and, you know, make mistakes and, uh, actually science, you know, get a solution in the end, but it doesn't have to be. That feels more real than an hour. Yeah, so, no, it certainly, it certainly is more applicable. So this is interesting. So David Lenfesti in our slot in our, our Twitch chat, Derek is he, he, he or she's mentioning that, Oh God, programming courses that require writing code on paper. I had those classes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have you, have you ever had to turn in a, a piece of paper that you had to actually write code down on with a pen or pencil? Yeah. My exam last week. They Did actually had you write, write it down though. Hand I would totally Python. thought they would just have you write it in a computer and turn that in. Um, I think it was just because for exams, they have it in uh, in person in an auditorium. So, so, you know, I'm sitting in an auditorium with a piece of cardboard in my lap writing the exam. They don't want to have, uh, I guess I'll, it takes more effort to uh, to actually do the, um, have people have computers and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just the way they decided to do it. But the rest of the courses, the rest of the courses is actually administered through GitHub. It uses GitHub Classroom to do all your yeah to do all your uh code submissions uh, so which is fun we totally triggered chat right now Uh (laughs) um everyone is like just remembering writing code by hand (laughs) on paper or or the ones where it's uh you're you know uh here's this very terrible formatted for loop that has three recursive elements what is the output oh and here's the my assembly class all over again. Well, yeah, and then, and then they say cl- like fix it so it does that, and you also yeah, have fix to write it so that it does out. this output. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Or or you be or you be the compiler and decide what happens when this code runs. Mm. Yeah, that um, and we're gonna trick you. And then and then yeah, and all you do is you write tons of error and warnings, right? <laughs> yeah. We had one where we had C code and we had it was my assembly assembly and compiler class. And you had you, they gave you C code, and you had to write it in object code, and then convert that to uh, or is assembly into object code. Yeah, assembly, and then into object code. And I'm just like, why is this? We have computers that do this for us. Why are we doing this by hand? <laughs> because oh, that you must know the fundamentals of how it works. Mm. So they say. So this so, is the thing so in real, real life. Quick, so in real life, though, yeah. you forget to put a semicolon somewhere. And the computer's just like, hey, you know, yeah. you, you need to put you a semicolon run, there. You run it through your test algorithm and you it miss throws a semi- an error. You miss a semicolon on a test in college, you might have to retake an entire class. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is <laughs> why Level, I really love... Levels of scale of, of, of uh, risk there is just out of balance. Yeah, I mean, I love like I love that advanced C course because since the entire class is homework, I did all of that that I would do on the exam, but there was no pressure because I just was working my way through solving the homework. Um, and you know, um, God, I feel so bad for the people who didn't know debuggers existed in that course because uh, they would just like write their code in Vim and then and they would just hit run and and put like print debugging um, on stuff and just see what happens. Uh, yeah, that would have hurt <laughs> a, whole, a whole bunch of I'm here. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> what is the value of that? I'm here. <laughs> what is the value of X at I'm here? Yeah, no, I, I um, had a I set up a, um, a C debugging setup in uh, VS code 
to run through everything. I mean, it was just, you know, your standard debugger that gives you variable. Um, it lets you step through each line and put breakpoints and do variable deck, you know, see the state of variables and edit them. But even that, since they're mostly simple assignments, being able to see how, you know, I step to this line and it moves this function and my, you know, and the value of this variable changes and you're expect, you know, if you're not expecting it to do that, then you can change it instead of um, where's X at this point. But <laughs> <Where's> X? <laughs> yeah, where is X? How is X? Yeah. How, how is X doing tonight? Uh, so, um, did I cover all my classes? Well, okay. So real, yeah. real quick, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, uh, remember if you said this, but sort of back to the, that exam methodology that was happening during COVID, are they still doing that where you do individual exams and you're monitored with a camera? Um, for, I haven't had any that have done that. They've kind of, um, they've kind of gone back uh, completely to the quote unquote standard. I do know other classes where um, they do still do online exams or it's an open note exam and they can do it wherever and they turn in um, their work. Uh, you know, two, you have two hours and it's open note and then submit your work on Gradescope or whatever or online and you can just do as you please. Um, which is, you know, it's kind of one of those they write it so... Uh, you better know what you're doing because otherwise there's not a chance in the world you're going to find it in the two hours anyway. Um, so, I mean, that's honestly more real world too because you could, you know, you forget one tiny detail, you can go look it up and then you're back on track, which, you know, you do when you're, you do the day, day to day. Um, but yeah, they pretty much reverted to um, pre-COVID uh, academic policies. Uh, so you say it's pretty much back to normal. Right? Yeah, the sucky part is they finally got all the professors to record their lectures and post them online so you can rewatch a lecture or if you missed the lecture, you can watch it. And then the second we went back to non-COVID stuff, they just dropped that like a bad habit, um, unfortunately. So no, no one records their lectures anymore like they used to not, which is really unfortunate because I enjoyed being able to have the flexibility to watch it at my leisure. Uh, you know, Matt, I want to, you know, I wake up early and I don't want to have to do the lecture at three o'clock, but it's already recorded. So I'll just watch it at eight in the morning and then I'll do the work. And then I don't need to go to that class that's online because I already watched the lecture. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just gives you more flexibility, but I guess they decided they didn't want to do that anymore. But I, I think that would be something that should stay, uh, is being able to, you know, keep those lectures that way. I mean, just like if life happens, you know, I have a doctor's appointment at this lecture. Or you get sick. Yeah. I mean, they've clearly proven they have the uh, technological infrastructure to make that happen on a daily basis with every professor because we had to do it during COVID. So there's, I just, I don't th see any reason why they shouldn't anymore. Yeah. So um, another question I saw earlier in chat that I'm, I'm curious about is uh, from, from looking at, what you've what you've said already and and what what you've put on your fundamentals here i didn't see you've taken this already but do you have to take an engineering ethics course sometime an engineering ethics course like what kind of do you have something like that when i think both, I, th I did yeah. and i think you had to as well parker yeah what, what were those classes like maybe i either have it's to take it's, it it's very similar to or idea of your like engineering affecting the world this okay. is more of like how so my class was more of because i i was a petroleum engineer at the time so i took the 
the PGE version okay. of this class, um, which is it, so at UT, like each department had their own engineering department had their own one of these. Um, and the PGE one was more of a how to cover your ass. So you're not the one that gets sued Oh, geez. as an engineer. Okay. That's um, garbage. Yeah. They covered some of the stuff like the net, like the, uh, the space shuttle, uh, the two, uh, space shuttle, uh, um, or was Explosions. it one at the time? When was the second one? Discovery. Was it Discovery? It was like early 2000s, wasn't it? Well, it was the Challenger, and then there was... Right. Um, and then there was the... Oh, I can't remember. It was the one with the foam hitting the wing. Oh, like like the heat shield block or whatever? Yeah. And then when they were re-entering, it exploded over Texas. Um, was that Challenger in Columbia? Yes. It's been a while since I've looked at this stuff. Yeah, Columbia was the one that got oh, we're way off topic. Columbia was the one that the heat shield damage. And I think Columbus was the one that uh, was the uh, booster rocket that exploded on liftoff. The Columbus one is, I think, is the like traditional one for that class where it's like the engineer. It got lot like all the stuff got lost in spreadsheets and um, and uh, slideshows. Okay. Um, all that information like the engineers were like don't launch when it's this cold and then like it got it just got lost someone didn't expand the excel tab to read it um but like the engineer that was like the lead on that like like that was the whole big thing okay challenger challenger in columbia that's the two. okay yeah i don't see any requirement i have like a social behavioral requirement um or in a quantitative reasoning requirement, but no kind of like engineering ethics kind of requirement. I mean, yeah, and then there's just gen ed and advanced gen ed. I, like you have to take like a written communication course and an oral communication course. Um, but I got, I transferred those in from high school credits. So I didn't actually have to take those while I was at Purdue. Any um, technical writing? No technical writing, which I think is a shame. Um, hmm. You have to take an engineering breath elective, uh, so like a different um, engineering major discipline, like take statics or nuclear engineering okay. or environmental engineering, that kind of deal. Yeah, I took because I was a petroleum engineer. I took statics. Okay. And the worst thing is when I when I went to electrical, that didn't transfer over. <laughs> oh. I had like I had an entire. <laughs> years worth of stuff that just didn't transfer over because it was Ooh. petroleum engineering is very specialized as right obvious yeah. um whereas electrical engineering is like the exact opposite it's just like it's you with the ee i'll put everyone that's listening an ece degree you can pretty much almost do anything besides like build bridges like civil engineering has is kind of like the same thing but for concrete <laughs> I might have offended a civil engineer there, but that's what it feels like. With a civil engineer, you can do a lot of things. Same thing with the ECE degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the you got to know is uh, water plus dirt plus. equals mud, and you have a uh, civ uh, civil engineer degree, right? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Engineer Bob in Twitch chat. Statics is trig with forces. That's exactly it. It was a lot of fun. Actually, I used that class a lot in 
designing and building things. Um, when you build a, weld up a bench, you know, you're tackling all your forces, right. making sure you're using thick enough steel. The solution is use triangles. <laughs> yeah, use triangles for everything and then weld the snot out of it. <laughs> you know, so we got we had an option for uh, to take statics and dynamics. Um, there was there was a grouping of like eight classes that you could take, and statics and dynamics was one of them. Um, or you, one of the other classes, or two of the other classes were uh, four hundred level math classes. And if you just, as an electrical engineer, if you just took one of those, you got a math minor. So I was like, hmm. why not just do that? And it's like part of the, you know, like statics and dynamics. I thought about it. I was like, that would be really useful, but I'll get the minor. So I took, um, right. it was a class called Waves and Wavelets. And it was hmm. everything behind uh, the Fourier um, transform. And it oh, was amazing. Oh. It was super great. That's why you're so good at that stuff. I, I love that class. And it yeah. was project-based. So, uh, oh, that's you beautiful. know, it would be all, like, I remember even one of the, one of the, they gave us like um, multiple projects. You pick one and, and do it. And, and I, one of them was uh, you had to get a microphone um, and put it somewhere in your engine compartment in your car and develop an algorithm that would basically tell you the RPMs of your car. So it was like very okay. simple, like reading in data, taking the Fourier series, finding a peak and going for okay. it and stuff. So it was, doing, it, yeah, was, it was doing RPM counting, not like noise cancellation. Okay. Well... The best part was is like all of that stuff you have to you have to do noise canceling. You have to figure out all the other stuff to make the fundamentals work, right? Like, yeah. right. It, it would be it, engine compartments are pretty noisy, so um, yeah. There's a lot of lot of other things going on. And, yeah. So it was a bunch of fun stuff like that. Uh, that's that's I felt awesome. like it was really useful, Actually, and you get a math minor out of it. So right, and project based courses I think are always really fun. Um, well, it was also there was some pretty brutal proofs in that because it was oh, I, a math yeah. class. So they were it, like, first and foremost, it was yeah. a math course. Yeah, I, I, I've told this story before, but I, I I took one of my math classes I did take was a proofs class, Ugh. and the I think I've told this story at least I told the story to Stephen before, maybe not on the podcast, but um, the book, like the each class was like a chapter in this book. And we were following it and about like the fourth week. So we're a month into this class because it met once a week. Um, I realized that basically like you do the proof the hard way. And then like the next week you learn more about proofs that makes the previous easier, previous weeks okay. easier. And so it builds that way, which is actually kind of a good way to, to structure the class. Right, yeah. But so I that. did, I'm like, I'm like the only engineer in this class. Only engineer. Everyone else is math majors. I read the chapter ahead. And then I solve that week's problem using the knowledge I know from the next week. And my professor called me a cheater in the class. Because <laughs> I went <laughs> a week ahead. <laughs> yep. You're college students. You barely work at, on schedule. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, man, I did not like that class at all. After that, I'm like, man, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking I, forward to more. On purposely making the proof harder because we don't have the tool set yet is what, what it boils right. down to. You cut your teeth. You got to cut your teeth, man. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I love going in the project-based courses. I, I, I have more coming up, obviously, getting more into senior design and uh, more higher-end courses that do a lot of project stuff. Mm. But 
Um, can't yeah, can't wait for that because definitely love doing a good project. That's always that's the best way to do things. So, I know we have a lot of stuff in here for like Derek talking about his projects, but I think we should just have Derek back on the podcast again. I oh, think so works. too. Yeah, yeah. I I was about to mention we could probably double or triple the length of this podcast yeah. easily, <laughs> for sure. Well, cool. That was an interesting look at uh, at what's going on now, and I know there's a lot of reminiscing. Um, but but I was I was really curious to see um, are things starkly different than when we did it. And what's interesting is looking at what you're doing now. I think you were you're you're perhaps a bit more advanced than where i was at the same time as you uh but looking back at your fundamentals not much has changed whatsoever no, fundamentals yeah, are still the same things. yeah i think most of the stuff like the the actual course content for the mm -hmm. most part is probably the same mm -hmm. i think i think the difference we've noticed is how they go about either teaching it or giving you the you know giving you the information or how they grade the information i think that's where the shift with technology is kind of uh first and foremost kind of apparent but yeah i think the core content is still pretty much the same uh, maybe you know some of the programming courses they you know use different languages or more more up-to-date stuff but other than that like math has been around for a while um you know <laughs> logic design has been around for well a not while. even just math but the, yeah. the method through which math is taught um that yeah. is very set yeah, right. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah. Or I guess yeah. the progression. Like we yeah. yeah. You, it does it, sound like your statics class is moving forward in the right direction cuz like my statics class and probably like Stevens was like you were doing everything by hand. Yeah. Um there's no computer or anything there to help you out. Now, of course, you're also not dealing with you were talking like a data set with like 2000 entries. We're dealing with like a data set that's like 10. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There is like no, numbers. Yeah. yeah, there is no uh, there's no Z score calculation there. You're only doing T score T score cuz yeah. you're less than 30 on that. But yeah, cuz you can use Python and then you just yes. let it handle handle the handle the hard part of actually doing the number crunching yep. and you just yeah. So uh yeah, thanks for uh thanks for having me on here and we Yeah, kinda, thank you, Derek. Just kind of rambling, but that was that was fun. Yeah. Well, as you progress, you know Keep in touch. I'm. I'm sure we'll be happy to have you on again. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. St I'll stay. Stay in the Slack channel and keep. Keep chatting. Great. Well, with that, would you like to sign us out? Uh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. I was your guest, Derek Fronick, and we were your hosts, Parker Dolman and Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. <laughs>